0: Des Moines. Live from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk, it's an X's
1: and O's update on 1460 KX and And I'm Trent Connan. For the first time since January 15th, 2014, all four Iowa D1 schools won on the same day. It started with Iowa on the road at Penn State, their fourth Big Ten victory in a row. Over to Craner, 15 to shoot Bohannon, deep three. Oh, my goodness, Jordan Bohannon. At all. In the words of Randy Moss, that was straight cash, homie. The call from BTN as Iowa wins it 89-82. Drake with a road win at Bradley 69-52. Nick McGlynn with a double-double. UNI knocks off Indiana State at home 69-64. Spencer Haldeman with 21 off the bench. And it ended with Iowa State on the road at 8th-ranked Texas Tech. Culver has it blocked by
2: Jacobson. Halliburton. Two on one. The lob to Wigginton. In a finish.
1: The call from ESPNU. Michael Jacobson with the double-double. Tonight on 1460 KXNO. High school wrestling at eight. Third-ranked West Des Moines Valley hosts number one Southeast Polk.
0: Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 1460
1: KXNO.
2: you KXNO, welcome back as we move into the 11 o'clock hour, portions of which are brought to us by our friends Dr. Stephen Fuller, FullerDental.net on the web if you want to check out their website. Uh, they've got two locations on uh, Eastern Polk County, East 29th Street in Des Moines, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines, and also in Altoona, 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. If you're new to the area, if you've moved uh, to that part of town and you don't want to uh, whatever, it's time for a new dentist. Two enthusiastic thumbs up. Dr. Stephen Fuller, my dentist, por- uh, sponsors this portion of the program. Great bump music there, TC. I know you like I that I do line. love that. You know what? No, I'm not going to say that. That's great. Well, I will. It's too late now. I've, I used to think, well, what, if I ever got a chance to come back here. Mm-hmm. What's going to be the bump music, what gets me fired up the most, and that was it. January 2nd, that's yeah, what we that's played, we coming started. out. Absolutely. All right, uh, a busy, busy hour. We will talk to Mark Morehouse. Now, the media has an opportunity here within, what, 90 minutes or so, yep. uh, Kirk Ferentz is going to hold a press conference. They started doing these essentially after the Rudolph Bethard bowl game year,
1: the Tax Slayer Bowl, the
2: Tax Slayer Bowl, and we never used to get those, you know, off season early January press conferences. And I believe we have every month subsequent to that, have we not? I mean, it seems not every it seems month, every like, year, yes, yeah. yeah, every year we would get uh, get one of these. And today will be uh, this year will be no different. So, what do you expect it to be about? Is there's nothing? I think it's more of just a wrap-up type a state of thing. Of the, well, they did put out the, the final notes were released today yep. from Hawkeye Football and Hawkeye Football's uh, Twitter feed.
1: Um, so maybe that'll be it. But there's probably a lot of talk about the guys departing early. Mm-hmm. Maybe the way that college football is changing with that and guys leaving early. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be talk about that. The transfer portal which is now in its first year of existence. I'm sure that is going to get a lot of conversation. Shane Buchel is apparently part of that today, as he said, yes. thanks. And uh, well,
2: you don't blame him. I mean, he's yeah. lost his gig.
1: Right. You're, you're not playing. No,
2: Ellinger is a Heisman candidate going forward, I think. That guy, his legs are like tree trunks. Good luck getting him on the ground, right? Yes. No, he's, he's a terrific football player. And you know what, Buchel, when he first got his chance, he's the one that, isn't his whole family Sooner fans? Oh, are they? I'm pretty sure that there were because his pic- dad
1: played baseball for the Rangers, mostly Cubs, a little bit.
2: Okay, uh, I think that uh, there was there was a bunch of pictures of him that would show up usually before the Red River rivalry shootout, whatever you want to call it, and there would be pictures of his entire family in Oklahoma gear, except him. <laughs> in just,
1: I see the picture. I googled it. Yep, right? There it is. Yeah, everybody surrounding him. He's got his sisters. Hello, and uh, <laughs> yes. They're all wearing boomer stuff, and there he is with his Longhorn up. Uh, so
2: uh, Kirk Ferentz meets the media here. We will get to Mark Morehouse in advance of that, just kind of pick his brain a little bit as what he anticipates he's going to see uh, or hear, and uh, then we'll have Frank Schwab as we take a look at the two uh, conference championship games. Which one of the two, to you, has a chance to be better game? I mean,
1: I I the think w- Rams Saints. Because it's indoors? Yes. Yeah, that's a part of it. And yes, we know the changing weather Mm -hmm. forecast. And by the time we get to Sunday, who knows what it's going to be. But just those those offenses in a dome stadium, Mm -hmm. the way they can score... I, I was uh, going through a few numbers last night as I was breaking it down, and it's very difficult to find value this time of year in, yeah, in football. Yep. those lines are tight. So I was, I was taking. Are a look at Are you le- leaning stuff. any direction right now on either of them? Uh, I have a feeling, and you know, I'll fire at them, But props is where I think I'm going to be. Gotcha. Probably investing more mm-hmm. of my bankroll for the weekend. And one of the things, Michael Thomas, would you need you, something when you have a receiver like this? Is he the, the best Rams, receiver in the game? I mean, there's a lot of really good ones, there let's There are. Honest. What does he have around him, too? I mean, Ted Ginn? Mm, no. You, you know, he's fast. Yeah, but he's not as fast as he used to be. Right, and he's 32? Yeah. Something like... And you know where Breeze is going at every big third mm-hmm. down, every second and long. Where does he look? Mm-hmm. Number 13. And he gets open, and not only does he get open, he catches everything Run in that radius. Right after the catch. And, and, and then the physical nature. Yep.
2: Probably, yes. Yeah, he's, he's on that very short list. I don't know which one I'm looking more for. Now, here's what I subjected myself to yesterday afternoon. And, and you know what? I deserve a love for this. I listened and watched 17 and a half minutes of Bill Belichick's press conference. Yes, I watched it from start to finish.
1: The day job didn't have much uh, on your agenda, No, huh? I, had,
2: I didn't have much going on. I went down and barricaded <laughs> myself in my office. I my wife wanted me to vacuum when I was working. I
1: had no time for that. Yeah. I got to watch Belichick Heck. for 17 and a 17 half 17
2: and a half minute press conference yesterday um, afternoon. Boy, he is just on to Cincinnati. I mean, it's basically every answer. I mean, he changed it, right? It yeah, wasn't, yeah. It's not on to Cincinnati. But just some of the... Uh, uh, it's too bad that the elements are going to play the role that we perceive they're going to. Now, the forecast has been upgraded from what it was earlier in the week. It's been upgraded significantly. It's, you know, significantly meaning from, you know, two or three degrees above zero to maybe now in the upper teens above zero. So it's not going to be as bad. Do you have a Super Bowl that you, I mean, what, what Super Bowl matchup do you want to see? Mm. Kansas City and who?
1: Yeah, it's obviously the Chiefs. Yeah, the
2: local market. It's yes, it'll drive yes. things for us. And Saints. You
1: want to see Breeze? I do. Not Rams, not Gurley and Goff. You know, we had the, Donald. the Chiefs, Rams. I almost feel like that storyline would be so played out, though, mm-hmm. that it'd be annoying. But the old guy in Breeze against the young guy in Mahomes. Breeze trying to kind of go to that rarefied era of two Super Bowls. Yep. As opposed to just the one, that'd be the one that I would root for. And I just the Rams, they're not the same team since Cooper Cup's went down offensively. Yeah, no, you're right, Anthony Barr. You think back to that uh, Vikings game when
2: Anthony Barr mm-hmm. was beaten uh, cool. time after time, and it was look, it's, it's it's asking a lot for him to get yes. a Cooper
1: Cup. Uh, does Andy Reid need this? Yes, he does. He does. You think he does? Because though, did, did last week cure any of the the things no, that it, kind look, of make no. Chiefs fans nervous? about do I don't think so. I don't, think and you know, and so. that fashion thirty one thirteen, he needs to win a tight one. He needs to win one where he manages the clock well, mm-hmm. where he makes the right decision mm-hmm. on a third third and short, fourth and short. Up he needs those things. All these negatives that continue to surround him. That's what he needs to beat down: a comeback win or a controlling the clock to win something like that twenty seven twenty four. That kind of game. And then, does he have to win a Super Bowl, too? That's
2: where I was going, Trent.
1: Does yeah. he? Because
2: he's, I mean, he's got there. He's been uh, left at the altar a number of times. It's a really good coach. He's got a really good quarterback. And you can't tell me that, you know, there's been a lot of really good coaches in the league that haven't been able to do squat because they don't have really, a signal caller. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have Pat Mahomes and you see what you're up against. You know, it's, it's, you can find a whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of careers have been ruined because they didn't have the right QB.
1: Adam Gase, in, Adam Miami. Gase. in Miami. Nick Saban in Miami. If he would have got Drew Brees.
2: Boy, Saban's staff, they continue the, the attrition year after year after year.
1: Guess how many of his 11 assistants, official assistants... From this year's team? Uh, over the last two years. Have gone on? Yes. Seven. No, come on! Come on One really? guy remaining from the wow. staff from just two years ago.
2: So, what is it? Is it the fact that everybody wants a piece of Alabama, or they can't stand working for Saban and get and take the? Because op- look, if you if you've got Alabama on your resume, you're going to mm. get a better job, you would think, because look at the success that they've had. But what is it?
1: I think is this he tough is- to work for? No, I think this is what Saban wants. I think he wants guys that are hungry, that are going to come in, they're going to invest, they're going to put in their time, and put in twenty hours a day if need be and then move on to the next thing, but a, but a building block. I think he likes this. I, I think this is the way that he wants it done. I remember a couple of years back when he made a lot of those uh, staff changes for the first time, that was something that he talked about. And He talked about recruiting. He mm-hmm. talked about the investment that you need to have. And because of all that, I, I think that are really – this isn't just, uh, he's difficult to work for and we're moving on. I think there's a method to his madness here, and this is what he wants. He wants guys come in hungry, work a year or two, and then move on to the next spot.
2: Mm. McVeigh versus Reed. Hmm, It's pretty good. Yeah, two offensive, brilliant yeah. minds. Uh, we'll see. All right, so tonight, Trent, as we bounce around here, uh, as we wait to get to Mark Morehouse, and we will do here in about two minutes, uh, wrestling on the radio. We know your love of high school sports. Yes. You, I think, um, do a solid for a lot of families out there, not only you in gyms, um, you know, calling boys and girls high school basketball, but tonight you are, this is the first wrestling broadcast clearly of the year, so where will you be and why are you dipping your toe into wrestling?
1: So uh, tonight it'll be number 1 Southeast Polk, they're on the road over at West Des Moines Valley, Valley ranked number 3, should be a good matchup there, and you know, wrestling is something that has always been important to me. I grew up in a wrestling community in North Iowa, Osage, I think anybody that's a wrestling fan knows the town and knows it really because of wrestling, because there's not a whole lot else there, but... Uh, I've grown to love the sport throughout the years. I tried it. I was awful at it. Career record, one in twenty-three. Yeah. Though I did technical fall the one kid I beat, and he had all four appendages. He was because <laughs> a lot of people wonder that. No, no, he was. It was an upright youngster. But I decided to move on for basketball because I was terrible. But I still love the sport, and I, I love the environment and on the mat, and you got the lights down and the spotlight in the middle. And this is something that I think needs to be spotlighted here in the state. It's important. No, I get it to the state of Iowa. Yep. So not only tonight going to have a couple other matches here throughout the rest of the regular season and then state wrestling coverage we're going to have it here on KXNO some of the uh, matches going on that is february 14th through the 16th so Working through some particulars, but we're going to have coverage here on KXNO and uh, really looking forward to it when we get down to Wells Fargo Arena. So you'll be actually at Wells Fargo during our show, do you know, or what? That will be, I believe, the Thursday. Yeah, I think Thursday, maybe I'll probably do play-by-play from like 9 to 11, and maybe you'll have to do the last hour or something like that. Yeah, an hour off. I know you like that. You can get in a little bit later, too. That's a good I'd thing. I'd rather have the first hour off. I know you would. I know you but would. But I can't have everything, right? No, no. So we're uh, working through the particulars, me and AD, and we're going to figure all that out and hopefully be able to uh, bring coverage of, obviously, the opening round, quarterfinals, semifinals, and then that Saturday night, the championship round, which is just such a spectacular moment. And as good as the Boys Association does with anything, that wrestling, that Saturday night, is unbelievable, and uh, hope to bring that here to the airways at KXNL. Well,
2: good stuff. We will uh, eight o'clock tonight. You said after the uh, Iowa Wild, they yep. have a coaches show. Coaches show tonight. Yep, gotcha. Uh, we'll take a out. We'll come back. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, uh, Frank Schwab, in about oh, 25 minutes or so, YahooSports.com. We will uh, pick Frank Schwab's uh, brain on the two conference championship games. Trent and I are here until uh, noon. You know what? Let's do a little housekeeping before we get out of here, because I don't want to forget this, because it's time to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Simply text the keyword PIZZA. Pizza to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's Pizza to 200-200. Do it right now. Message and data rate supply. We're back with Mark Morehouse, Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
0: It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night. You're on 1460
1: KXNO.
2: In Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 15 minutes away from Frank Schwab. YahooSports.com uh, covers the NFL. We will uh, preview the conference championships with Frank. Right now, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. He's getting set to head over and listen to Coach Ferentz, or maybe he's there already. How are you, Mark Morehouse?
3: Good, guys.
2: Thanks for having me on. What do uh, what do you expect to hear today? Kind of a state of uh, not state of the union, but you know what I mean. Go back to recap last year. What uh, usually transpires at these season-ending press conferences?
3: Um, I you know what probably the fan thing comes up maybe a little, but uh, that probably is the most interesting or most thing that probably needs a little bit of explanation to it yet. But uh, yeah, basically just a season review. Um, uh, maybe uh, probably be a bunch of questions about who's coming on, what are they going to do about defensive line depth, which has become a thing now. With yep. Anthony Nelson leaving and uh, a few other players in the transfer portal. So, there, you know, there's some questions that, uh, he'll have to answer on that. But uh, for the most part, review, it's uh, fairly light usually. Um, I don't think there's any staff announcements, but uh, that could be it too. I don't know.
1: Staff announcements, and that very well could come after the next signing day coming up here a couple yeah, of weeks right. in February. Right. A lot of times, that's when you see that. Hey, you brought up the transfer portal, and that is something that I speculated probably going to get some run here today. Do you like the new era upon us with the transfer portal, and have you opened up Pandora's box, or a good thing going forward?
3: You know, I I think it's a good thing, and I'm all for athletes having that freedom of movement because just that, that freedom of movement. So. I think it should be, you know, that players should have that freedom. And uh, it doesn't look like it's totally free, though. With uh, You still have to sit out a year if you're an underclassman. And every conference its uh, rules. Looks like the Big 12 is kind of a fairly complicated rule. But, uh, uh, you know, with all uh, oh, the quarterback uh, from Oklahoma not being able to transfer where he wants, so within the conference. So there will be some, I think, weird things Trent, with, within conference still that's still uh, going to be a point of contention with football coaches I imagine but for the most part I think it's a great thing I think these guys deserve you know if they don't like where they are I think they you know it's putting a lot on them to make a mature decision and not you know hopefully not rush in there with uh you know thinking that a move is going to totally change your career trajectory I mean it's uh you know, I think it's a two two way street there a little bit.
2: If uh, if if Coach Ferentz was asked to describe the 2018 football season, what how do you think he would do so?
3: You know, probably bittersweet. I mean, a big bowl win that's always good. Yep. But really, no cherry and top win. You know, no Michigan, no Ohio State this year. Uh, I think you know would a uh, I think Wisconsin was probably that chance, and, and that went away in, in September. So I think maybe. I think definitely happy with nine wins. Definitely happy with the bull win, but probably a little bit of bittersweet because you know four they lost four games, four very close games, and four you know four huge rivals now basically in the uh, in the West Division.
1: Mark, it, <laughs> yes, very very true, Mark. Uh, you know a, another component here going forward with this program a lot of question marks defensive tackle. What have you heard on Davion Nixon? I know there's, you know, a lot out there that he hasn't been practicing with the team, going back until September. Talk of him in the transfer portal. What do you hear about Davion Nixon? It sounds like a guy that, if he's on campus and ready to go, could be an immediate impact kind of player.
3: Yeah, it's the two. You know, he didn't make great twice now. He didn't make great when he signed, uh, for two years now. So that to me is, you know, I, I've said all along that. I would love to talk about him. I'd love to break him down as a player, but let's wait till the first day of the year. And I don't think we're getting that today, but that's probably, they're probably making that right now. But, uh, and plus I believe school has started or school is starting very, very soon. And I was say, I think maybe Tuesday if it hasn't already started. So, you know, it's decision time there. I mean, are you in? Are you out? Um, are you doing your academics? Are they, you know, are they passable for f- entrance, full entrance in the University of Iowa next year? So, To me, the the academics thing is uh, that's always going to be a hurdle, and I always thought that would be. Um, Maybe we get an answer on that one today.
2: Will we get an answer regarding a potential practice over here at Valley, or do you think that ship has sailed? If it's going to happen, I would think that you will find out today. Wouldn't you, Mark?
3: Yeah, maybe. Uh, That thing can happen faster than you think. Okay. Um, But last year I got the vibe, and the vibe I got was uh, that was that. They're not going to do it anymore. I guess it does cost money to move. Uh, football practice to Des Moines and it, I, I think it's been three years, right? They did it three years. The first year was was really, really well attended. It was a great weather. People were, a ton of people were there. The last few have been kind of Friday evenings and it's gotten a little bit chilly and toward the end, uh, the stands were pretty much empty. There's people waiting to get their kids on the field basically for, to run some drills with the players, which are always fun to watch, but I'm not sure I It felt like it was getting into the bang for its buck there, so now with Iowa State not having a spring game, maybe that changes their mind a little mm. bit. Can I, I, I really felt last year? That was a tough deal.
2: You know, wasn't it the first year? Guys, didn't they make you have to go to High V and get a yes. ticket? You could get as many as you wanted. Yes, and there was visions of scalpers or trying to sell them on Craigslist. Wasn't that that didn't work, Mark? Let's be honest.
3: That didn't work. Uh, and then I think it was pretty much just open and anybody could show. And, and, and it's and still, I think, moving to Friday night brought it down a little bit. Um, I think in the last couple of years, they've had like a bad roster hat, like somebody got hurt or something and uh, had to, you know, that kind of put a, you know, cast a shadow on things. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I thought the, the air was kind of leaving the balloon with the Des Moines thing. And uh, it's a great idea. And mm-hmm. I think why I would want to have, make a presence, make its presence
1: known. Mark you know, it's por-
3: the state's most vibrant mar- market and uh, uh, you want to have a foot in it, I think.
1: Mark Morehouse joining us here, Miller and Condon on KXNO. All right, uh, Mark, here on the local front, a commitment for the 2020 class. Gavin Williams picks the Hawkeyes last week, offers from Iowa State, Nebraska, Michigan, and a host of others. Have you heard from uh, people over in the football offices what do they expect with Gavin Williams? Still a year away. He's got another season of high school football in front of him. What have you heard about Gavin Williams?
3: Not, nothing from inside. I mean, they can't really talk about him, you know, like publicly. But mm-hmm. uh, I think you look at, look at what's going on now with, the, with just the running back depth chart. I mean, they're going to have six scholarship running backs uh, coming into this fall with uh, Shadrick Bird and Tyler Goodson joining. Uh, Shadrick Bird's on campus now, so they have five this spring. That's a lot of running backs, you guys. Really, you're only going to use three, probably. So I think it's going to be kind of a deal with like quarterback where, you know, somebody wants the ball, they're going to probably go somewhere else and run it. So I I think that's kind of the sorting that needs to happen this spring. That natural competition thing needs to happen and, you know, narrow it down a little bit. Uh, Last year, I thought running back was a deficit position. I Mm -hmm. I think that they left money on the table. And uh, uh, toward the end of the year, when Mackay Sargent's harder to find his brew, which kind of made sense. You know, he was a late-arriver. Yep. Um, so he, he kind of made made a move a little bit. I thought he was improving. And now he begins probably top guy in the depth chart. I but, agree. Uh, Williams, I, Williams. Everything I've heard about Williams, you guys, me, you guys probably seen him play more than I have. I've only seen the highlights. Big, strong guy. I like that. And uh, deep. Uh, he's beat. Uh, he's, you know, a state sprinter, a state championship-level sprinter. So I think uh, I think Iowa got a good one there, and I Central Iowa. Having that presence in Central Iowa. It's it's far as you guys follow uh area recruiting more than I do. Honestly, I'm dunking that a Central Iowa kid goes
2: to Iowa. That's true. Yeah, that that's true. So you saw him, Trent, I'm assuming a bunch. What do you think?
1: He well, taking the sixteenth seed to the state semifinals basically right. on his back. I mean that that shows he the impressive nature. Yeah. I think that I really take him a long, Yeah, yeah. Him a long way, right. Yeah, t- this this is a guy that is big. He's a big running back. He's six foot. He's got the track speed to go along with it. And he really catches the ball well out of the backfield. And you don't see a ton of that at the high school level. But that's something to keep an eye on going forward and maybe the evolution of the Iowa offense. So, so Mark,
2: let me follow up that running back with, yeah. um, of the three incumbents I get, and I agree with you. I think Sargent, he, it's his job to lose, or certainly he seems to have solidified himself as the one right now. And for all the reasons you mentioned, he was late getting here. And, um, I think this spring will be very important to him. So, uh, Ivory Kelly, Martin, or Torn Young, who's most likely at this point, maybe it's unfair, but you know, who's maybe in danger of losing a few carries.
3: Well, I think, uh, Torin Young did last year, and I think, I think Ivory Kellen Martin, in my opinion, he won the job. I mean, Brian said he won, Brian Parents said he won the job out of camp. So to me, that made him number one. So then what happened in the first game? He suffered an ankle injury and in that bag for two or three games, and then I think he had a concussion, and that took him out for a couple of games. So he just had a really, didn't, durability is part of it. Being available is part of it, and he that was lacking for him last year. I still don't know that we know what Iowa has in every Kelly Martin yet. I think that that's still kind of on the board. Um, but Torian Young, I, I think, you know, I think I expected him to be fifteen, between 15 and 20 carries. You know, the way things are set up, our, running back by committee, it's probably unrealistic thinking on my part, so maybe he got what he deserved with, I want to say he was around 12 carries a game, somewhere in the neighborhood, maybe. Um, so I, I thought his resume was spotty and that he, they didn't use him a lot until, like, the second half, so I think if he's, you know, there's somebody, maybe it's him, but uh, uh, I think, you know, I think it all begins anew this spring, and we'll see. I, I I think it's an interesting group. I really want to get to the freshmen, and I want to see what they can do. Mm.
1: Looking for an injury update today for Sean Byer, a guy from your neck of the woods over there, Cedar Rapids. He's going to play a big role you did anticipate at the tight end position, and you have heard anything at all about his return back from injury, how quick he's going to be back?
3: I think he's supposed to be back in the spring, and I think he'd be huge if he were. Because you're right, friend. I think he's going to be the guy tight end. Um, I want to say kind of a cross between Fant and Hockinson uh, was pretty good. I know, but uh, I think he's a blocker in the vein of Hawkinson and I think he's probably uh, not probably not quite as top end athletic as Fant, but I think he's got Fant trace in that with his speed. He's a very good athlete. Uh, high jumps. I want to say six nine, at, at six four or six five, whatever he is. Two hundred and fifteen pounds when he was coming out of Kennedy. So uh, I was got a really great athlete there. I, I you know if he wouldn't have been hurt. He would have been a factor in the bowl game. So I I think uh, yeah he jumps in. It's the matter of is he an inline guy? Is he a split out guy? And how do they split those duties up? I think uh, probably I think he I could see him settling in a split out guy. If uh, uh, Nate Weeding can be the inline guy.
2: Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, thank you.
3: You bet, guys.
2: Take care. Good to talk to you. Mark Moore, Cedar Rapids Gazette. We'll read the recap of the media availability at thegazette.com backslash sports. Frank Schwab covers the NFL for Yahoo Sports.com. Frank joins Trent and I next as we take you up into the top of the hour on Des Moines Sports Station. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
1: Miller and Connie continues 1460 KXNO talking NFL next Frank Schwab joining us this portion of the program brought to you by new leaf wellness. If you're tired of being on the sidelines and trying to get back into the game, do it with new leaf wellness with the new year upon us. They can help you with a myriad of different things, starting with testosterone replacement therapy, migraine treatment. If you're looking for weight loss injection therapies and a whole lot more going on right now, 20% off. Their food sensitivity test combined with their weight loss evaluation. Schedule your free consultation today at New Leaf Wellness, or you can give them a call, 650-1358. That's 650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness. And online, newleafcenters.com. Ken, you ready to talk a little... uh get into the NFL playoffs. AFC-NFC Championship, we're down to three. We are sadly three games left. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com,
2: he joins us. Uh, Frank, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Frank?
0: Doing well. How about you guys?
2: Doing fine. You know, before we get into the games themselves, I thought you had a very poignant piece earlier uh, at YahooSports.com regarding... uh, uh, Nick Foles and where he's going to go, and you're connecting the dots. John DiFilippo, who was with him in Philadelphia, and of course parlayed that into a short-lived gig with the Vikings. He shows up in Jacksonville. Blake Bortles hasn't been setting the league on fire. Connecting the dots, Frank. Does does that make maybe the best sense as far as Foles' next destination?
0: It does, and it even you know it even did before they hired uh, John DiFilippo. It was you know what what team. Has a dire need of quarterback and has also can feel like you're you're a contender with some better quarterback play. Maybe the Broncos. I, I mean, it, you know they move on from Case, but why not the Jacksonville Jaguars who were in the AFC Championship game last year? I think it's a perfect fit. And then you add the offensive coordinator, and that fits too. Look, there's a lot that has to happen. I, I mean, they, they got to come with a the right offer if the. You know, I, I don't know who would throw out a team name who needs a quarterback. If the Oakland Raiders trade Derek Connor and need a quarterback, and they come with more money than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nick Foles probably going to sign there, but I think if, with a competitive offer, the Filippo factor, I, I think it just all makes sense. It really does. It's a, uh, it, it just, it, it's a good fit. It's a, it, it's. It's the right fit. I think Foles would be happy there. I think the Jaguars would be happy with Foles. So it just—it's one of those. That just makes too much sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, let me follow up. Somebody just said maybe you just picked the Raiders out of thin air, and you mentioned Carr. But and we—we we thought during the season there was some turmoil between Carr and Gruden, but they seemed to patch things up at the end. Are you alluding to maybe they? Maybe it's not all hunky dory there, Frank? Oh no no no.
0: no. Okay, I'm just you know, I mean, because of the rumors, Derek Carr. I mean, I don't think. I think maybe like even hardcore NFL fans, maybe like 5% of them realize how good Derek Carr played down the stretch until week 17. He at one point, in a nine game stretch, had 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't know if you pulled even very, very intent NFL fans if they knew that he played that well. I never took the Gruden Carr sideline stuff as anything but Two competitive guys, just going at you know, you're kind of getting competitive on the sideline. That's that's. I don't know why we make such a big deal out of that when guys yell at each other on their own sideline. So yeah, sometimes there's something there, but I, I think like ninety percent of the time it's just. This is a, an intense environment. There's cameras on these guys all the time. And these the two guys are sometimes going to yell at each other and have a difference of opinion on what happened on a certain play or a play call or who was at fault at this or that. I, I never took anything out of that groom car, sideline theatrics type of stuff other than both of these guys just wanted to get it right.
1: All right, Frank. A lot of coaching moves, obviously, going on right now. This what kind of piqued my interest, though, a little bit. We talk here a lot of NFC North. Vikings, Bears, Packers at the forefront. But the Lions are the team that shortchanged just because they don't have the same amount of fans in this market still. Daryl Bevel making his way there. Long time with Seattle. No more Jim Bob Cooter. Of course, the jokes are done with the name Jim Bob. But uh, your thoughts on Detroit and Patricia going out and bringing in Bevel. Good move?
0: I I don't know. Is he better? I mean, did Mm -hmm. they get better? When you look and you say, okay, they, they... Parted ways, I guess, is how they're going to play. Right. They parted ways with, uh, <laughs> with Jim Bob Cooter, and then they hired Darrell Bevel. Oh, okay, is that an upgrade? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, maybe just maybe just the philosophies with Patricia and Bevel will, will connect a little bit better. You think about Bevel did have a lot of success with the Seattle Seahawks with a defensive-minded head coach that kind of wants to run the ball. So maybe just the philosophies match up a little bit better. But I just look at this at the surface and say, all right, well, they, they fire their coach and didn't get better. Well, okay. How, how does that, how did that make them a better football team today? I don't know. So I, I always look at these coaching moves a lot of times as, all right, you want to fire your offensive well, coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, whoever, you want to fire these guys because fire, fire, fire. That's what we do. Well, okay. Who are you going to hire? We're going to get it better. That that is a question that not many teams ask themselves, and I think it gets a lot of them into trouble.
2: Hmm. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports.com is our guest. I'll use your term, parted ways. It seems like the Steelers are soon going to part ways with Antonio Brown. Uh, Bruce Arians and Antonio Brown getting into it a little bit. <laughs> uh, what what's the story? I mean, I get why he can't stay. He it was almost it was a mutiny. He uh, turned his back on his teammates in a very important Week 17 game where they were still mathematically alive. Um, Antonio Brown, most likely destination, or, or and I'm assuming you're on the same page that it just can't work any longer in Pittsburgh.
0: I think so, but at the same time, I'm, I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around the 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 possibility of the Steelers paying a 21 million dollar cap hit to not have a Hall of Famer on their roster. Mm-hmm. Like what? What sense does this make? I mean, I get it. I, I understand. He basically went AWOL on his team. I, I get that you're probably not gonna be able to trust him anymore. I get that he hasn't exactly been uh, contrite <laughs> since then. Uh, so I don't. I don't know what the solution is here. I don't think there's a good solution at all. It's either the Pittsburgh Steelers are gonna trade a 31 year old wide receiver who now is basically put himself out there as Virginia's uh, use Bruce Arians' term a diva, and who's gonna be difficult to work with. So you got to find the right team there who's willing to part with bra- like valuable draft picks to make it worth your while. All the while, again, you're taking out a $21 million cap hit to not have a Hall of Fame player on your roster. It, 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 you start to add all this up, and you say, what good does this do to the Pittsburgh Steelers? How do they get better as a football team? But at the same time, I don't know how they bring him back. I really don't. I I just, I don't think there's any happy, you know, happy ending to this story in any way. How could there be? There's, there's just no easy solution where you say, yes, that makes sense. Like if some team, I guess the the one way it would be is if some team just goes crazy and sends multiple first round picks to the Steelers for, uh, again, a 31 year old receiver who the Pittsburgh Steelers don't want around anymore. But that's not going to happen, I don't think. So I think that the Steelers are basically going to trade him for, quarters on the dollar, take on this massive salary cap hit, and get worse as a football team. Alright, well, I don't know that they're... No- I think at the end of the day, I don't know that necessarily they pull the trigger on that. As crazy as it sounds, it's just such a bad scenario for the Steelers all around. How can they possibly justify doing it?
1: Frank, uh, hot seat gets thrown around maybe too often, especially in NFL circles, and especially in a place like Pittsburgh that just doesn't go through coaches, but if next season goes south again, they're not a playoff team. Is Mike Tomlin out in Pittsburgh?
0: I mean, after the way this season ended, you, you almost have to wonder You do have to wonder. You got to. I, I think maybe you'd see more coordinators go. You'd, you'd see some more of those moves. They did make moves lower down in their assistant coaching staff, but not to the coordinators because it, it usually follows a pattern, right? I mean, you go. All right, the, you know, the coordinator's got to go. The offensive coordinator's got to go. Now the head coach has to go. We haven't quite seen that upheaval in, in Pittsburgh yet. They do want to stick with him. And again, it goes back to what I was saying a couple minutes ago. Right, Steelers, you want to fire Mike Tomlin. That's awesome. That's great. We're going to hire. Ooh, who's better than Mike Tomlin? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tomlin, right? I think, is... Fifteenth or sixteenth all-time in win percentage. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He's made the playoffs most years. He's there. Yeah, they had a bad year. They they haven't lived up to expectations with this. You know the the Ben Brown, Le'Veon Bell triumphant. They haven't gone to a Super Bowl. That stinks. But. Again, okay, you want to fire Mike Tomlin? That's great. We just saw the eight guys who were hired. Which of those eight guys do you think are better than Mike Tomlin? Mm. Do you think the coordinate, do you think the the Canada class is going to be much better next year? I I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe a bunch of guys emerge, but I'm just looking at, okay, you want to hire the, the guy who spent, you know, 20 minutes in an airport terminal with sean McVay at one point in his life is that what you want to do because that's what everybody else is doing okay go ahead and do that but i wonder if you're gonna have some regret that you fired mike tomlin
2: promise we're gonna get to the games after this um the music stopped and mike mccarthy didn't have a chair are you surprised
0: a little bit, yes, because teams like to make safe hires, right? Like, I mean, and he would have been a safe hire. You kind of get to, would have had to ignore the fact that, well, why did Green Bay fire him? Well, because his offense became stale. Is it going to become not stale? <laughs> I mean, somewhere else, is it, it, it working with Sam Darnold make him an offensive creative mastermind again? I don't think so. So I get why, and I don't think he necessarily was out there looking for any job he could get. I, would he have been the society Bengals head coach? Yeah, probably. I, I would assume so, but I, I just want a year off for him. Probably isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, he, you know, you get burned out at this job. It's it's a it's a nonstop pressure cooker. Maybe he does need a year to maybe go back and, and look at some of the schemes. You know, I mean that there was. I mean that's that's a very valid criticism of Mike or of Mike McCarthy that. With Aaron Rodgers, they weren't running the most creative offense in the league. They were running an offense that seemed, it's great if you got just better players than everybody, like they did in 2010 and 11, but you don't anymore. And all of a sudden, it looks very, very behind the times. So maybe a year off for Mike McCarthy does help. I think next year he'll be a, a, a fine candidate again, but I, just, I can see at least the reasons why he doesn't have a job right
1: now. Frank, 205 Central, 105 Mountain Time for you. It'll be the Rams and the Saints. Two teams that have been really good throughout the whole season. I've been continually impressed, though, with that Saints defense, and that's coming into the year. I thought they regressed as the year went on last season, but they've been outstanding for most of this year. What do you think of this matchup? Could could this turn into a runaway, or do you think we're going to see a good four-quarter game?
0: Oh, I, mean, I think we'll see a good game. I don't see either of these teams being that much better than the other. I, I think they're very well matched. I think they played a close game back, you know, went week 11, I think it was week 10 maybe, and, you know, even though the Saints scored late to make it 45-35. It was, you know, 35-35 in the fourth quarter after Saints had a good first half. What you mentioned is really important to me, and that's what the Saints did. I think most people, casual fans, Maybe they picked this up during the playoffs, but before the playoffs, I think they just thought of the Saints as your typical, you know, Chiefs-type team that's just going to outscore everybody, and the defense stinks. But Drew Brees' offense, it has not been that team for five, six weeks now. It has been defense first, and the offense really is kind of, I don't want to say falling apart, but I don't want to say exposed either, but there are some things that they're struggling through now. I think that with starting with the Dallas game, teams figured out, if we could take away Michael Thomas, and obviously the, the the Eagles ultimately couldn't, but if you could take away Michael Thomas, there's not a great second option in that passing game. And then if you do have the linebacker depth to kind of contain at least Ingram and Kamara, the offense all of a sudden gets thin. And I think that we saw them struggle against the Cowboys. We saw them struggle basically twice against the Panthers. I know one of those Teddy Bridgewater played, but they still struggled. First half against the Buccaneers, terrible defense. They I think they have seven points at the half or something like that. They This just hasn't been the same Saints team. They're winning in a different way, and that's working but I think we might might see a different type of game than than most people just tuning in for the first time in a while expect to see. I don't think it's going to be that 45-35 again. I think if the Saints win, it's going to have to be a little lower scoring than that.
2: Let's go to the nightcap, uh, Arrowhead Stadium, just three hours down the road from us here, three and a half maybe. Um, Are we going to see some new blood in the Super Bowl, or is it the same old, same old, the Patriots prevail again, or do Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs represent the AFC? How do you see this game, Frank?
0: You know, I, I maybe I'm just I, – I like the story, but, yeah, I do like seeing new blood. Any sport, any team that's not – Anti-patriots, although they're doing their best to make themselves villains this week, right? Like, who isn't sick of the whole everybody, everybody counting us out, everybody's betting against us? So what? It was unfair to point out that you lost by double digits to the the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. It was unfair to point out you lost by double digits to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We can't do that anymore. We can't say you finished three and five on the road that we were just ignoring that now. So I don't know where this is coming from. I think it's. It's almost trolling. It's just like we all know that you know guys get their motivation in different ways and whatever that's going to happen. But the notion that like everybody thinks the Steeler, the Patriots stink, all of a sudden is just ridiculous. It's insane. So Uh (laughs) I think America already was rooting against the Patriots. Now they really want to see Kansas City put it to them. But I, I think the 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 fact that the the Patriots weren't as good on the road as they were at home, does matter. I think that it says something about your true identity as a team when you're 3-5 and five on the road and you've lost three of those games by double digits, one to a bad Dolphins team. And, and yeah, that Dolphins game was fluky, but you shouldn't be in that game against Dolphins. If, if you're you know a Super Bowl champion type of team, I don't think so. I, I do think the Chiefs win I don't. I don't. It looked the, the moment didn't seem too big for Patrick Mahomes last mm-hmm. week. I know this this week is bigger, but he still just seems. I, I think I truly do believe. Maybe it's just a narrative, but I truly do believe that him growing up as the son of a major league pitcher helps in these moments. It's not like he's he's flying blind here. He was kind of nothing. Yep. You know, Take it, shagging fly to the Yankee Stadium wasn't that big of a deal to him. You know what I mean? That's just <laughs> yeah. how he grew up. Yeah. So why is playing an AFC championship game going to be too big for him when he's grown up around his dad, who I think spent 14 years in the majors? It's just I think that this, it, in a weird way, I think that just being around that helps him in this moment, and I think that that helps the Chiefs, and I, I do think they're a better team here.
2: Thank you, Frank Schwab. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate uh, the time that you give us. Thank you. No doubt, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com, yahoosports.com. Terrific job, shutdown corner. Lots of NFL content essentially year round. Um, all right, Trent, before we get out of here, here's my take. Here's my early thoughts on tomorrow's show. Okay. We're going to do a lot of football, uh, obviously. With football Paul Friday? Allen.
1: Not many nah, of them. No, left. sadly.
2: Uh, Nick Athens going to be here. Um, I think Iowa State basketball mm-hmm. catches a huge break having Oklahoma State. At Hilton. Texas Tech, number 8 team in the country. Mm -hmm. Kansas on the horizon Monday. That proverbial trap game. If the game would have been in Stillwater, it's not. They've already been there. The Hilton fans, I I think, will go a long way
1: to preventing Iowa State from having any sort of look-ahead letdown uh, off that big win. And after what happened a week ago Saturday, the loss to Kansas State that's going to be... A full lunged yep. Hilton Coliseum, yep. trying to uh, will that team to an easy victory. Uh, they should. I mean, yeah, they, they, they
2: should. I, I, I saw some th- Washington's best game, Horton Tucker's best game of the year. Uh, conversely, on Sunday, uh, I was going to take on an Illinois team that all of a sudden feels pretty good about themselves <laughs> for the do. first time all year. They blew out the Gophers. Trent, they were up thirty plus at one point
1: in that game. This is a Illinois team that came in four and 12. Mm-hmm. 4 and twelve on the season. You don't see that for major college no. teams often. No. And certainly programs like Illinois. Uh, Underwood's got some young guys on that team. Some, some different makers on that team. The, uh, the freshman's been playing really well. I can't well. say his name. A.O. is his first name.
2: Yes. Good luck with his last name. He's their leading scorer, I want to say. Dasumu. Okay, good enough. Dasumu. I'll take it. Dasumu. Whatever. I'm we going know too deep down this yeah, line, We yeah. know who you mean. I'll know it you, by tomorrow.
1: How about he's a that? good player.
2: Yes, yes. Um, but I should win that basketball
1: game. He scored 18 or more the last five games, four of those over 20. Mm. He's putting up big
2: numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, Wade looking, Bill, after those, uh, Iowa started the way they did on the Big 12. Did you see his tweet? They're going to go on a five, a five, a, a real off five straight wins here.
1: I, well, I saw it last night because somebody said four down, one to go. Yeah.
2: He's off to a pretty. We should maybe find five minutes to let him gloat a little bit tomorrow. <laughs>
1: uh, in a very maybe busy if he show. caps it off. If he caps it off, yeah. Well, it we're Monday. gonna
2: have him on next week, regardless. Yeah. We love Wade looking Bill here. Yes. All right, you've got wrestling tonight. Uh, you're not on the air until eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who's going to be working with you? And uh, g- give me kind of a. Is, is it tough to do wrestling?
1: Uh, it's it'll play be, by play. I mean, for it, you, it'll be much easier because I'll have Cody Goodwin with me with the yeah. register who. Knows the sport incredibly well. I I know the vernacular. I know most everything, but there are a few things, that, not being as deep into it, that I know as well. So Cody's going to help me along, and I'm excited. Uh, Cody and I have talked wrestling for a long time. In the past, we weren't allowed to talk to Cody. (laughs) Now I can on the air, so excited to have that. We'll have a fun time, and yeah, we'll be on about 8... You no, know, the, the meet won't probably start till seven forty five, so we might miss a match or two. So, and what time will you be done? What time will it wrap up? Do you think nine fifteen, nine thirty, right in that range? So, depends on how many pins there are. Okay, so you'll miss apart. Michigan State,
2: Nebraska. Oh, I won't miss FS... it. Well, you'll have it taped. I'm yes, assuming, right? the recorded, not uh, on a VCR, DVR. Yeah, right. won't be taped. No, you record. We record now. We don't tape. It's gonna be a good basketball game. Yeah, it's gonna it's, be there, great. There's no Big Twelve tonight. Cornhuskers, muddy line. What, what is the, the muddy TC? line?
1: It's only two, so. Is maybe that all it is? What's plus 120? It's only two. Only two. That
2: surprises me a little bit. Uh, speaking of point spreads, uh, we will do the Claxons giveaway about this time tomorrow. Your opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Paul Allen, Nick Athen, Tom Caker, Dylan Montz, Trent and I join you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 No. <laughs>